breaking a leg. Breaking a Leg, episode eight, and it's another interview episode. This time I've got my 16-year-old son, Tom, with me, and uh, the idea of this is that we're going to go over the events of my uh, femur fracture, which is going to be the basis of the stand-up comedy show I'll be performing at the uh, Gulbenkian Theatre, University of Kent, on the 6th of December. Uh, The idea is this podcast is a kind of making of a documentary series about the making of a stand-up comedy show that hasn't happened yet. It's uh, it's going to be, I hope, about an hour long, a brand-new stand-up comedy show about pain, um, mortality, depression, <laughs> and hopefully there's going to be some funny bits in it. But it all started when I broke my femur in January, and it was an incredibly painful accident, and the recovery period was long and demoralising, and so naturally I thought I'd do a stand-up show about it. Now, Tom... I've already interviewed Joe about this, and he he told me some things I hadn't realised or had forgotten about. So, what do you remember about the day that I broke my leg? Well, I remember it was snowing, uh, and I remember waking up, being woken up by Joe, saying it was snowing, uh, getting up really excitedly, looking outside. It was snowing, not very heavily, Uh, and then um, Mum came up and said, "Um, I'm just going out, your father's broken his leg. Uh... (laughs) So I was naturally thrown off a little bit because it was about 6.30. Uh, I'd just been told it was snowing and then I'd just been told that my dad had broken his leg and was uh, being rushed off to the hospital. Um, and then the snow all melted, so that was, yeah, that was nice. Did she honestly say those words in that way? Your father's broken his well, leg? It wasn't, it was more panicked than that, but like that was, those were the words as I remember them. Wow. And so how did you feel at that point? I was a little bit confused. Uh, I went downstairs and had breakfast. Um, And then I kind of... So I I was told to uh, go down and meet them um, outside the the store, Mum said. She meant the dinghy store, but um, I assumed that she meant uh, the corner store, which was um, on the other side of Whitstable. (laughs) So So in the snow... I was on the other side of Whitstable, waiting confusedly, looking around for for someone with a broken leg. Uh, and then I tried I tried calling, and one said, "Well, he's actually at the dinghy store." Uh, and I didn't really know where the dinghy store was, so I had to Google Maps it. And then about half an hour later, I actually arrived. <laughs> and then what did you see when you arrived? Um, you were on the floor. I think you were covered in a blanket by that point. Um, you looked pretty out of it. You were kind of like in the corner and there were a group of people huddled around you. Um, and I think there were a couple of paramedics at that point and they were giving you some gas or something. Yeah, some gas and air. Yeah. That's good stuff. And, uh, how did, how did that make you feel? Um, it was a little bit terrifying. It didn't feel like it was actually happening though. It felt like I was just like watching it in a TV show or something. So it was kind of like, it was a bit odd, to be honest. It was a bit surreal. Yeah, and, uh, and it was still snowing at that point. I it was, it. on you, and uh, <laughs> in my eyes as well. <laughs> and uh, so then what happened? Did you go home before the ambulance arrived? Um, I think mum told me to go home and get some blankets. With uh, I can't remember what happened, but I remember going home on my own, getting home, realising that mum still had my key... 
um, and then going all the way back, by which point I think the ambulance had arrived and you were being moved into it. So I went off with the key as I heard you screaming in the background. Oh, did you actually quite... hear that? Yeah, it was... What, what did it sound like? It, it was like... Um, I haven't heard a noise so kind of loud since um, we had the building work done and the cat was being scared. <laughs> so you're likening my cry of pain to the cat? It was quite cat-like, but like deeper and uh, slightly <laughs> you... more terrifying. Could you do an impression of it? Uh, I don't feel very comfortable with that because um, it was very, it was like, very disturbing. But um, oh, it really hurt that. That was probably the most painful. Do you, bit. Remember, do you remember actually that? Do you yeah, yeah. No, I remember the whole thing really clearly. That's the weird thing. I mean, I know that Joe said that I looked really out of it as well, and I know that my sense of time was slightly out because I didn't realise quite how long I'd been there. But mm -hmm. I rem my thinking was really lucid all the way through it, so. I kind of knew it was going to hurt when they said they were going to pick me up. I think they even said it was going to hurt. They said, you know, mm. have some more gas and air. But it really hurt. The weird thing is, uh, you know, uh, I remember that it, that it hurt, but mm. I don't remember what the sensation was like, if you know I what I mean. I guess that's like your mind blocking it out, though. Yeah, I think so. Um, so what? Uh, so so then you, you uh, went home, and then what happened? I don't remember. I think... I think we stayed at home. Yeah, you did. Yeah, we did. Um, I was just sort of with Joe, and we sort of just watched TV for a bit, I think. Right. It was quite like a... a sur it was a weird day, and then the snow melted, so we couldn't even go out and have fun in the snow. And then it didn't <laughs> snow again since that day. So that was, that was kind of crap. It was almost like the snow was just there to spite me. It was. It was rubbish. It just... It fell on the ground, made you slip over, and then melted. Yeah, rubbish snow. Yeah. So so um then it must have been a bit weird in the house because I wasn't around and I couldn't I wasn't able to give anybody a lift and, and all that kind of thing. Well yeah, that was the case for the next few months. So And what what uh, when you and Joe came to see me in hospital, tell me about that. Uh yeah, that was quite disturbing. Um Firstly, I don't really like hospitals because they make me feel nervous because I associate them with blood tests, etc. Uh, and secondly, I don't like old people's home. And the hospital ward that you were in was like the worst combination of those two things possible. Um, <laughs> so it's like a cross between a hospital and an old people's home? Yeah, pretty much. Um, and it somehow managed to make each worse. Uh, I remember we went up on the bus, which was quite hectic because we had to change several times. Um, and it took ages to actually get there, and then we were only there for about ten minutes. Um, so we got there and we played some card games and you seemed pretty, um, um, I don't know, you seemed pretty, like, robotic. Oh. It's interesting, that, because Joe said something similar and my memory of it was that you guys were really quiet and sort of, like, nervous-looking and it was sort of hard to get you to talk to me in a way. But We were a bit, but you were kind of, like, acting very strangely, like, you were kind of, like... I don't know, it felt, it, it was a bit Invasion of the Body Snatchers, to be honest. <laughs> so I was like one of the pod people from Invasion yeah, of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, a little bit. And, and Joe said that... No, it was more like, it was more like, uh, it was more like Grinny. Oh, right. Yeah. So there's Grinny the children's novel where yeah. there's Great Aunt Emma and she's actually an she, alien robot. She's acting a bit weird and the kids know what's up, but nobody else seems to think there's something weird going on. <laughs> be honest, did you genuinely think for a bit that maybe I'd been taken over? No. Uh, not really. I'm not. I'm not that stupid anymore. <laughs> um, I, I, this was this year. Yeah. I was. I was 15. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so, um, and, and Joe said that it made me look really old. Yeah, I guess. Um, only because of the association of hips being broken. Oh, yeah. I yeah. guess. Yeah. I think in comparison to everyone else, obviously you didn't look that old because everyone else was like in their 90s. I think, I think Joe meant more about my behaviour. Yes. Yeah, you did seem a bit grander, Eddie. <laughs> and then what happened when you, um, uh, when I came home? Um, I can't actually remember that. Do you remember what it was like, though, me being home? Yeah, I remember it being quite, like, hands-on. Not hand... It, it was quite, like, it wasn't back to normal by any stretch, and it, it still had a long time before it was, because obviously you were moving around really slowly. Everyone was really scared of going near you in case we actually accidentally damaged you or whatever. But, um, yeah, and I remember you had the Zimmer frame as well. And going up and down the stairs was a real chore. So I remember waiting at the top of the stairs for quite a long time, several times. And what about the crying? That was... It wasn't so much... I mean, it's funny now, but at the time it was quite disturbing. Because, like, I genuinely thought you were a bit broken by the whole thing. Oh. So, because basically, I mean, uh, I, I cried at anything. Yeah. I just thought that you were... I don't know, it felt like I wanted to kind of just tell you to get it all out and then not do it anymore. Oh. It would have been a, would have been a bit more fun for everyone, I think. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. So, what, was there anything that was funny about the whole thing? Because I remember you and Joe sort of got getting to the stage where you sort of made fun of me a bit more. I mean, yeah, the only reason I was kind of reluctant to make fun of... I wanted to make fun of you pretty much from the start of it, but... Um, <laughs> The only thing that really stopped me is because I thought you wouldn't take it very well. I thought you'd start crying and then I'd feel really bad. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so as soon as we found out that... I think it was probably Joe who discovered that you're a bit more resilient than you let on. Uh, yeah, we both kind of pounced on the opportunity, to be honest. There's a lot of material there. So what kind of thing did you say? Well, like, um, I don't know, your old age is finally catching up with you and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> like making beeping noises when you're going backwards. <laughs> And what else? Uh, that's pretty much all I can remember. It wasn't that much. And and what what? How do you feel all about it all now? Do you think I'm kind of back to normal? Yeah, it doesn't seem like anything's really happened. To be honest, I mean, if 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 I was reviewing your life as a movie, I'd say that you haven't been on much of a journey. I don't know. You, I don't know. It, it hasn't. I, th I I think I'm glad that it hasn't really changed you much. To be honest, like oh. I thought you wouldn't be back to normal. I thought it'd be like. King Henry VIII, like where he gets into one accident and he becomes like this fat, angry guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I've got the build to be a fat, angry guy. No. All right, um, uh, I think we'll probably finish it there. Um, cool. We need to say, uh, we need to some. I, I, I can't, I, what I find really hard about doing podcasting is finding a way to finish. So I was thinking. Air horn? Air horn, yeah. Air we haven't got an air horn right. then. I've got a glockenspiel. Oh, yeah. Do you want me to. Bring out the glockenspiel. Totally. Right, what do you want me to do? Well, maybe like a little trill of three notes or something. Three so, notes. Well, cool. I don't know, it doesn't have to be three, it could be as many as you like, but just to sort of give a feeling that the, the podcast is over, I think. Excellent.